Hello, everybody. Hey, I'm Matt. I'm Zach. And this is MD Car Guys podcast number four. I don't think we need to number it anymore. I think we're, we're, we're not going to be able to remember. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, so you can find us on uh, social media such as Instagram at MZ Car Guys. Uh, you can find us on YouTube under MZ Car Guys. And you can also find us on Anchor Podcasting at anchor.fm slash MZ Car Guys. Um, you know, Matt, Zach, Car Guys, because we're that original. Matt, what do we have for today? Uh, I think we're talking about electric vehicles today. That is true. Uh, you caught me drinking. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Zach, you and your drinking problem have been known to crop up once in a while. Um, yeah, I know. You know, me and, me and cows. <laughs> but um, no, I was just thinking about, I'm going to start off and I'm actually going to get um, a little nerdy right off the bat here. Um, oh, was just yeah. <laughs> so, so soon, so quickly. You know what? Why, why, why mess around? You know, let's get right to the good stuff. Um, which exactly. Is, um, and this is actually kind of useful consumer advice, which is you see a lot of cars are still being rated, and for good reason, by the number of kilowatt hours in the battery pack. Yes. So a good rule of thumb is if you're looking at something, and I hate to use this word, but Prius-like, but something that's clearly made to be aerodynamic and efficient and all that, low to the ground, the whole thing, mm-hmm. roughly you're looking at three miles of range per kilowatt hour under good conditions. You know, it's not freezing cold. It's not super hot. You're driving a moderate speed, that kind of thing, right? Yeah, three to three and a half kilowatt hours. Yep, absolutely. Right. On, on a uh, on an SUV, you're looking at more like two and a half, roughly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So oh. there's ballpark. If you're ever wondering about like, okay, what is this range in the real world? You know, in normal conditions, and and I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Zach, in your estimation, because you have more firsthand EV experience than I do, but subtract roughly half a uh how do you put this um how much would you subtract like if you if it's like bad it's below 40 degrees you've got the heated seats on you've got the heat on um do you want to take away like one mile per kilowatt hour is that too extreme uh yeah somewhat um so in that range just kind of yeah just kind of a background really quickly so i had a uh fitty v uh, like uh, the one that Matt and I took from uh, the Bay Area, you know, the San Francisco Bay Area down to Los Angeles and back. Um, um, roughly 500 miles each way, just for clarification. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, uh, it was rated at 80 miles, but realistically I got um, normally between 60 and 70 miles um and i had that for two and a half years and then i had uh, i currently have and i've had for almost actually actually uh, i think this week is a year um on my uh, on my clarity electric um and uh and i get around 80 to yeah about 80 miles range on that on a fairly consistent basis and on the fit i would normally get actually on both yeah i would average probably about on uh in in good weather i'd get probably around um you know three and a half miles to a kilowatt hour 
Um, and then in uh, the winter time, um, I learned very quickly, you don't turn the heater on <laughs> when it gets really cold. Um, you you kind of want to turn the temperature down uh, because weirdly enough in a, in a, uh, in a gasoline car with an internal car, anything with internal combustion, um, the heater is basically free because you're getting it from the residual heat from the, the, uh, the explosion and the air conditioning is what really zaps your gas mileage. Well, on a, uh, electric car, it's the flip opposite. Um, uh, air conditioning uses almost nothing. Um, it's, it's very efficient. Um, and, uh, yeah, and heat will absolutely just take your range down to like, uh, virtually nothing. I, I remember driving one time, uh, my, my, my fit EV when I first got it and it was the, like the first really cold day and stuff. And, uh, and yeah, I left the heat on and, <laughs> and I just about didn't make it home. It was, uh, it was interesting, but yeah, but yeah, that's, um, yeah. If it goes below 40 degrees, you can easily see, you know, um, a mile per kilowatt hour drop. Yeah. So that's, you know, so that's roughly 30%. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, or, or even more, if it's like I said, in some sort of an SUV thing, like the, the Kia Nero, I think falls in that category. Um, Jaguar I, I pace. Yeah. The I pace. Yeah. Uh, the I pace. Yeah. Falls in that category. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I don't think the model X kind of counts. Does it? I think it, I mean, it does. I, I would, I would think it does. I mean, it's got such a massive pack; it's, it's almost irrelevant. Yeah, you know, you would just instead of like if you're normally plugging in twice a week, you might plug in three times that week, for example. But, yeah. But in terms of affecting your daily life, wouldn't really. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one thing I wanted to bring up too, and that um, I've only heard this brought up once by one person, and it was a Jalopnik article from round about a year ago, and I think it's, it's there are several there are several blockades to widespread EV adoption um, that the, let's face it, the, the, the hippies and the, uh, the, you know, inside EV.com and all those sites are really not looking at at all. And one of the things not, they're not looking at is there is no universal standard for charging. Well, yeah. And I was going to bring that up. I, I've actually got that actually uh, pulled up on uh, my, uh, my computer screen. Um, basically it's, you've got, for for now mind you this is uh you, you have you have you, you have two different chargings you have an ac charging or you know alternating current charging and then you have a dc charging so ac charging um you, you basically have two different levels you have a level one which is the the 120 volt uh just wall socket that you just plug into your house um and you get uh, and, and I'm, and I'm actually, I'm on, uh, I'm on ChargePoint uh, website. Um, and, uh, basically they're using a, you know, how typical time to fill up an 80 mile, uh, battery pack by charging time. And if you use a level one, um, it takes about 16 hours. Um, if you use a level two, which is 240 volts, uh, and you do actually have to have a, um, uh, a, uh, an actual car charger. You can't just plug it into a 240 volt socket. Um, that takes about three and a half hours. 
Now, the interesting thing is, is that the, the reason why those two take as long as they do um, actually has more to do with the fact that um, the there's an onboard charger converting the AC to DC. And so that's why it's, it's kind of, um, it, it's doing that. Now you do have what's called a level three, which uh, most people say level three, it's technically not level three. It's actually called DC fast charge or direct current fast charging. And that's where things have gotten screwy because you've got technically three different main ones. Um, you have, uh, you have uh, Tesla has their own thing. Um, so they, so Tesla has their superchargers, uh, which can charge, uh, I think it's up to, um, I think it's up to 120 kilowatt hours um, or, or 120 kilowatts per hour um, charging. Um, uh, Tesla charged supercharging stations. This is Wikipedia. Supercharging stations uh, charge with up to 135 kilowatts of power distributed between two cars with a maximum of 120 kilowatts per car. They take 20 minutes to charge to 50%, which they don't say how big the battery pack is. Oh, on, a, on an 85 kilowatt hour battery pack, 20 yeah. minutes to charge to 50%, 40 minutes to 80%, and 75 minutes to 100%. Okay. And that, and that makes sense because it's it's a very large battery pack but and um, and and also um, you know DC combo um, which is um, you know DC combo is is also about the same level of charging um, so like on my clarity EV um, I have a 25 and a half kilowatt hour battery pack which pales in comparison to say the 85 kilowatt hours that that you're referring to on the, on the, uh, on the base uh, Tesla model S and model X. Yeah. Um, where theirs takes 75 minutes, <clears throat> mine from absolute dead on a DC fast charger is less than 45 minutes. Um, so, right. Yeah. But the problem is, is that Tesla, when they designed all of their superchargers, they designed it so that only Tesla could use the superchargers. So you yeah. cannot use any other electric car. There's no adapter. There's no nothing that, um, that, that you can use with the Tesla fast charger, which I understand. I, I understand wanting to kind of, you know, kind of protect yourself. But if if and, and protect your clientele and giving them access to these fast chargers, but I really think that <clears throat> you know it was it, it was it, it kind of goes contrary to Elon Musk, um, you know, uh, proclamation that hey I want this to be a universal kind of a thing, and it's just not right. It's uh, universal as long as you do it my way. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, which no, is, is exactly. frustrating. But in terms of adapters, uh, my understanding is that it is adaptable one way in that Tesla makes adapters so you, so Tesla folks can plug into some of these lesser powered units if they have to. Well, the so there is a <clears throat> so the 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 general accepted um, level two charger. Um, 
is right. a what's called the J1772. Uh, SAE J1772. Right. And Tesla makes an adapter that, that it actually comes with the car um, that that plugs onto the end of a, a of into a, a J1772 and goes into the the Tesla. So you you know, converse that. Also, the one that we didn't talk about, and probably the thing that's caused the most pain uh, with uh, with the adoption of uh, of DC fast charging. Um, and the thing is you have what's called Chatamo and Chatamo came from the, uh, so with Nissan and Mitsubishi and one other kind of company that I can't really um, the remember very, off the top of my head. The, the very first Kia, um, had it yeah. when they switched over to combo. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was called Chatamo. Um, I don't know what it actually stands for. It's a bunch of different letters and stuff like that. Charge to move, um, equivalent to move using a charge. Okay, that's really stupid. Sounds very French. <laughs> yeah, but yet it's Japanese. Yeah, the, the Kia Soul is, uh, or the first Kia Soul was was Chadimo, and everything since then has been uh, Combo Two. Yeah, which which is kind of interesting because the Combo Two makes the most sense to me in the fact that it's you, you could use a much smaller port because on the say like the nissan leaf you have to have two different charging ports so if you've ever wondered why well you know why in the new leaf did they still give it that front big huge door opening uh for the charging port and that's because if if you have that with dc fast charging it's chatamo and Chatamo and J1772 are not compatible together. Whereas with DC fast charging um, and, and, and the, 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 the DC combo uh, two, that is a combination of, uh, of, of, uh, of the fast charge, you know, DC direct current and the J1772, and it kind of makes it together. Um, just because to, to let you know, so whenever you're doing a level three DC fast charging, you're bypassing the the on the car's onboard uh, charger, and you're charging the battery directly. Um, so I've I've actually found that I get a better charge out of a DC combo, a, a level three, than I do with a level two, hmm. uh, which I wasn't expecting. So it's like a more efficient transfer of energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 bypassing a whole system that normally you would be losing some efficiency with trying to get it to there. But it's this war between, you know, Tesla's fast charging, uh, we have the superchargers and the DC combo, which almost every single per you know, every single car company is kind of going to and the the uh, the Chatamo system, which I, I mean, I honestly think, I mean, it's almost like it's almost like beta versus VHS with mm -hmm. laserdisc. <laughs> I mean, can it, you can you kind of throw all that in there? Yeah, it it it, it really is. Oh, and then just um, just because Wikipedia is my new best friend, 
Um, it also says, believe it or not, that China has their own fourth system called GB slash T, just to make it even more difficult. Oh, yeah. China's whole system and everything. Yeah. yeah. So I, mean, I think it sounds like there was there's something about this around fax machines, too, where nobody adopted fax machines until there was one standard. I don't know what the communication protocol, whatever it was that made them all funny when they had one standard, everything went, everything was fine. But yeah. it, almost, it almost seems to me like no one's going to give this up. It's not until someone can do groundbreaking L4, L5, something where they can all agree that once we can all get a thousand kilowatts or some, you know, some goofy number that makes this easier to work with, that everyone's going to go, okay, well, that's a great standard. We should all do that for our next car. And then everything will finally shake itself out. Yeah. Well, the, and, and the, and the cool thing is, is that you can actually do that with the level three. So level three is kind of like, um, if you say like a category five hurricane, well, a category five hurricane is 155 mile per hour plus. So it's whatever it needs to be. And level three is kind of like that. Um, you know, you, you have, you know, you have different level threes, you have different output level threes. Um, Right. But I think uh, I, I think if 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 you could get to, you know, um, a single a, a single outlet, you know, a single plug, um, and I and I think DC combo uh, two is the most you know makes the most sense because you can you you could have it in a much smaller charging port, and I mean they can both be right there together. Um, and it's also with with Chatamo, you're limited to I believe it's like you can only go to like 64 kilowatts of of output, whereas with you know DC combo and and Tesla, you can go, you know, I mean the sky's the limit, right? I mean basically. But you know, let's let's say that happens. Let's say. Um, you know, they, you know, uh, even Tesla gets on board and everybody goes to a single, you know, so a single charging plug and everything goes great. And, and you have, you know, companies like, uh, you know, Riven or Rivian, Rivian, sorry. Yeah. Rivian. I'm thinking of that stupid game where you have to wander around all over the place. Yeah. 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 Missed part two. Only they didn't call it Miss Part Two. They call it Riven, and everybody else went. I don't understand. I don't get this. Wow, I'm starting to really date myself, aren't I? <laughs> for all you Gen Xers uh, out there, here's a flashback for you for the millennials. Yep, Never mind. Yep, yep. Gen Xers in the house. Race fist. Grab your slap bracelets and uh, and put on oh, your. Uh... <laughs> so uh, yeah, so Rivian adopts the same standard. Okay, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to interject something that I just thought of that I think is this. This may be the solution, the long term solution here which is okay. something that um, BMW's been playing with, which doesn't make it bad. It just makes it questionable. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you not the Germans? You know, the, uh, the, the, the Teutonic approach is rarely the best approach. Um, but it is the most efficient. <laughs> if you want the power, we will give you the power. You cannot have reliability and the power. But um, you have to have. But you have to ask for the power, <laughs> <laughs> and and then you have to pay for the power. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> but um, we just made a lot of enemies. If anybody listened to this, um, 
But anyway, yeah. is um, inductive charging. So you know how there are there are Qi pads that charge some of our cell phones now, uh, like the one I'm using right now on my uh, Android Nexus 6. You can also use them on the um, iPhone uh, 8 and 10. Um, and inductive charging yeah, might charge entirely. So You can't do induction charging. The problem is, is that induction charging is a much slower charge. Right at this time, which is why it isn't widespread. But the but the it's it's short sighted, in my opinion, to say that inductive charging can't be a solution in the in the future. Well, I, I think I think uh, I think in, inductive charging um, for at home use because because you can because you can reliably inductive charge to a level that's similar to the output that you get for like say like a level two so you know because so, so at, a, at a level two you're around five and a half to six and a half uh kilowatts of of charging and i think that's very easily doable with an induct and safe with an inductive charge because the problem is, is that when you get to a higher level of inductive charge you're just going to create more heat uh, as anybody you know that that uses one of those cheap pads um, can tell you when you know you, you you have it on there for a little while and then you pick up your phone, your phone's warm. Right. True. So I, I don't think that you can actually get to a a high amperage. Uh, you know, I mean, because there are things on on the horizon that are upwards of five hundred plus amp charging. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting. To, well, maybe, um, there's this there's this East Coast phenomenon, and it exists in certain places other than that. But um, uh, Mr. Regulars brought it up in a lot of their their podcasts. But the the idea that you go into a gas station and you uh, park your car after you've gotten gas, park your car, and actually get a meal. And sometimes even sit down inside the gas station area to eat whatever you've gotten. Um, and, you know, and there's these massive places where you've got like four, four, five, six rows um, of pumps, you know, it, and each, each row has, you know, four, five, six pumps in it. Um, and then you can you finish, you know. So what I'm thinking is something along those lines where this isn't really a, a West Coast thing so much, but where you go in, leave your car. Right over one of these inductive charging pads, go in, have sit down for an hour, however long it takes you want for your your lunch break, and then and then drive back off again. And yeah, I don't see this happening in the next five years, but in the next fifteen to twenty, I think it's a real possibility. Well, and that's um, you know, and and I'm I'm kind of curious. You know, we have we have gas stations. We can go in, get some food. Uh, grab a quick drink or whatever, you know, and, and, you know, pump your car full of gas and stuff like that. And then you're able to go. And I think that you could potentially do this. And you and I kind of saw a little bit of this, um, you know, this, this kind of idea when we did our, 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 our EV fit road trip. Yeah. And that was, you know, going to a place that had a charger and then having something to do while your car charged. And I think, um, you know, if, if you, what's up? 
ours was an extreme example of that uh, with a four hour charge time, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I think if you had, you know, like multiple, multiple DC chargers, um, you know, you could easily plug up and have a meal, you know, because what does it take like hour, hour and a half to have a meal? Yeah, if he's, you know, a real restaurant style. Yeah, about that long. Yeah, exactly. So if you had a restaurant that had a lot of DC fast chargers, yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, because with these, uh, you know, the Tesla says 75 minutes for, you know, for, for charging, uh, you know, a DC fast charger. Um, I mean, I would think that the, you know, the, 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 the Rivian with even at the, the most extreme, the, uh, the 180 kilowatt hour battery pack that they're going to announce or that they're going to release, which has like over, over 400 mile per, uh, per, per charge range, which is insanity. Um, uh, but, you know, I would assume that that's going to take, what, 90 minutes? That sounds, sounds reasonable. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, to have, you know, that kind of range and, you know, that type of thing. But the other thing, and, and you and I were actually talking about this earlier, that I think, um, you know, is kind of the real, the real crux of the problem. And that is, can, if, if you know, because right now, uh, you know, electric cars are, have we crossed over 1%? Of, of automotive sales are, are electric cars or are the least are the bare minimum plug-in hybrids uh, I six uh, percent we're what six percent of all new cars sold in the US in 2018 were uh, EVs uh, either plug-in hybrid or fully EV Really, all the way to 6%. Okay. Yeah. All right. So things are kind of progressing and stuff like that. Now, I don't want you to get the, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very, I think it's very important that we kind of first um, establish ourselves. We are car guys. Absolutely car guys. Electric cars fascinate us just as much as, you know, as something that absolutely uh, roast tires, um, you know, uh, Matt, Matt's love affair, um, sometimes healthy, sometimes unhealthy with, you know, the, uh, uh, the Dodge Challenger. Um, <laughs> yes. Guilty. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially the, um, uh, the, uh, the, the Hellcat. Um, but, uh, you know, so we, we have, we just like cars. Um, and, but we, we understand you know, the way that things are going. Um, I don't think uh, Matt and I have a difference of opinion slightly on this, which is I, I don't think that gasoline cars will necessarily disappear. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't think, you know, but uh, as, as Tesla has found out, or, you know, as, as they've been able to kind of demonstrate uh, with their Model 3 uh, performance package, um, you know, with the, uh, or no, performance with the track download package, um, 
you can get some serious performance and 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 driving characteristics um, out of an electric car. Um, you know, one of the things that I have absolutely loved about having my electric car is the fact that I have a charger at my house. I come home, I plug it in, I wake up in the morning, I have a full battery pack. I don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, you know, I'm driving on the way home and I'm really tired. Oh, I've got to stop by a gas station. And then you got to sit in those gas lines and stuff. In an emergency situation, I don't have to worry about, you know, oh no, am I going to be able to, you know, to, 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 you know, are they going to run out of gas and stuff like that? And, you know, so, and also the, that, that low end torque, just immediate, you know, launching ability and stuff like that, just, you know, it, it, it feels much more dynamic and it feels much more, you know, uh, plus the, the, the nice quietness, you know, when you're kind of driving and listening to stuff, you don't have to adjust the volume to, you know, to, to, to differentiate and stuff. Um, but I do think cars are, are you know, electric cars are going to become much more prevalent, um, you know, in, in the near future. Um, but I think infrastructure uh, wise, if, if, if things got, you know, like if we go to say 20%, I mean, I mean, do, do, do you think that that would be, you know, kind of the threshold of what we could deal with, Matt? I think that's the upper end right now. Um, and I do apologize. The data I had on the percent of EV sales, actually, I dug a little deeper. It was just for California. Um, so my apologies, 6% of all cars sold in California this year were electric vehicles or plug-in hybrids. Um, half of all electric vehicles sold in America are sold in California. Um, but to answer your question, um, I do. Th I think twenty percent is the top. Is the is the high end of what we could expect, honestly. Um, discounting hybrids, and I don't mean. And I mean discounting traditional hybrids, not with anything with a plug. Um, it uh, the strain on the electrical grid would just be too much for anything much more than that. And 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna diverge just for a second because something I saw a really interesting factoid the other day that said that. If things continue at the current rate, by somewhere around 2025, I believe, 100% of the electricity produced in America will go toward mining cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and that's, yeah, and and I, I, you know, and I, I think we really need to, you know, have a a very a very healthy discussion um, in uh, you know in 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 the world and stuff like that. That if if we're going to if we're going to continue to you know to to have to produce electricity, we're going to have to do it um, on 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 a much grander scale, and and I don't think that. You know, as as much as you know, as as much as people may 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 want to, you're not going to be able to wind farm and solar farm your way to a much more structured and 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 better grid. I think you have to do it with nuclear. I. We're going to have to come I, somewhere. Yeah, 
Now, with research into, you know, the new molten salt reactors, um, and you guys can kind of look that up, um, it becomes much more, it becomes much safer. Um, they've been able to, um, you know, make it, uh, you know, less expensive. Um, and it's, it's much easily, it's much more easily scaled, um, you know, larger or smaller versus your regular, um, you know, versus your regular traditional reactors uh, that, that we're all kind of used to. So, and, uh, and for a good one, I mean, uh, I, I've, I was actually uh, reading a Wikipedia's uh, article on molten salt reactors, um, you know, which is actually really kind of nice because you can, you can have it operate at a much higher uh, at a much higher temperature. Um, and if anything goes wrong, instead of having a runaway reaction, like you had at Three Mile Island, at Fukushima, and at, at uh, you know, um, what's the other one over in Russia? Chernobyl. What? Yeah, Chernobyl. Thank you. Where those, when, when, they, when the reaction just goes out of control, it creates an explosion. Well, in a molten salt reactor, when things go out of control, you just kill the power to it and everything just becomes a solidified mass. And the salt actually just cools and just like encases the, uh, the, the, the nuclear material inside of itself. So... But yeah, I mean, you know, it, but I think if we can, if we can strengthen the, the infrastructure, um, if we can quit, you know, get electrical wires to quit breaking and sparking and setting off forest fires, um, you know, I think, uh, I think the integration of electric cars is, because everybody's coming out with it. I mean, you've got, you know, um, you know, I was just reading an article on the new Jaguar I-Pace. Um, and Tesla's got... What's up? It's interesting what they're doing now because they're going to basically... It's this new design language that's really uh, working in electric vehicles' favor, which is the sort of the lifted wagon where it looks like an SUV, but it's clearly several inches lower than a typical, even a crossover um, is known for being. And uh, so you get more of the efficiency, but still maintain that rugged, you know, crossoverish look with the, you know, higher ride height than any sedan has. Yeah, yeah, the same uh, look that uh, you know the Volvo has been using for years. Right, right, exactly. A lot of like that, you know, the um, the the was it the Ionic? I think it's the Kia Ionic has that, and oh no, sorry, the Nero, the Kia Nero. My the, the, I think you're talking about the Kona. Oh, and and that too, um, you know, yeah. Kia, Hyundai. Um, but, um, but we need to talk about the, uh, the sort of the elephant in the room for a minute, which is who doesn't have an electric vehicle right now, which is Toyota. Okay. Which is really interesting. So two points about that. Um, and I will admit to having some connections inside Toyota, um, on, on some level, but, um, they've announced recently that by 2025, every vehicle in the lineup will have a hybrid option, as we've mentioned before on this podcast, but also 
they say the quote is that they are not doing a fully electric vehicle because they are throwing all their research and development into solid state batteries, which could be a With, massive sea change over lithium ion. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's one of those solid state batteries. It's kind of this. It's it's to to me, it's almost a pipe dream. Um, you know because. The reason why the the reason why lithium ion batteries work so well um, is because there's a you know individual cells of of lithium ion cells they're 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 they're, they're kind of standardized by now sure, um, yeah. you know because I think I I think I'm correct in the fact that most uh, most electric cars batteries. Um, the uh, it's made by uh, Panasonic because uh, I know yeah, people you know, just built their big megawatt factory, and most of that is leased to Panasonic to make the 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 uh, the lithium ion batteries. Yeah, just but, about everybody but I'm sorry. Just about everybody but Tesla. Well, no, 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 no. They're making the battery. They're making the the lithium ion cells that Tesla then builds into their own battery packs. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, so the, so the individual cells are made by are made by Panasonic. Okay. Anyway, please continue. Uh, yeah, so so because they're fairly um, universal in you know in their in you know, standardized in, in their size and stuff like that, you can easily make them into whatever shape you know, uh, lithium ion battery pack, you know, you, you, whatever shape battery pack you need it to be. And so you can make a, a nice interior and then form the battery pack to kind of form into that interior, wherever you want it to be. Um, right. Whereas with, with a solid state battery, it would be, you know, it would be very unique to that car And you can't really reach across and use, you know, there, there's no, um, uh, you, you can't like compartmentalize, um, I think is what I'm trying to say. Right, right. I get you. Yeah, but the, the, ballot, the, the, the shape of the battery pack isn't as malleable. It isn't as, there aren't as many options in design as there are. But, but let's get back to the Rivian and Tesla design of the car, which is the skateboard model. Which I think is a um, which obviates that problem. Exactly, exactly. So you can just create a, a large platform. Um, you know, I, like like we've been talking about. You know, Rivian is is a uh, you know is 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 the current everything that everybody's talking about because they've been able to with their R R one S and R one T. Um, they've been able to use that skateboard design very effectively um, for their off-roading purposes because they've given them air ride suspensions. Um, and I think I'm correct in the fact that the, uh, the R1T, the truck, can actually get a 25-inch ground clearance. That's amazing. Which is crazy insane um 
you know, and, and it can also go up to, you know, it, it can, you know, it can ford three feet of water and stuff. But yeah, I, I think having, you know, having that skateboard design um, and, and Tesla's used it to great effect because essentially the, the Model S and the Model X are basically roughly the same vehicle. Oh yeah, yeah. From 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 the uh, how do we put this? From the floor, from the essentially from the floor on down, they're the same. Yeah, basically, yeah. But the body wise, all the way up to the ridiculous Falcon wing doors, <laughs> and that's and that stupid enormous windshield that serves no purpose other than to be extensive to replace. Oh, uh, but it's so nice though. It, it, Sitting it, in a Model X. And having that windshield go all the way up and just that feeling of it, I I even you know I, I'm I'm not a Tesla fanboy by any stretch of anyone's imagination, but I do love that Model X window, that Model X windscreen. Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> it just is. You know, and and I and I will I will say this for the Falcon Wing doors. I will say this: if you're, imagine for a minute you're a kid, you're you're primary school age grammar school age whatever you want to call that the five to ten five to ten five to twelve year old kid and your parents take you to school every day in a car with falcon wing doors you're going to think of cars as being special you're you have the potential to grow up to be a car guy to really appreciate the good stuff because you don't think of cars as an appliance when you have falcon wing doors yeah well see and that's kind of the thing that you know, and and, 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 I, and this may be like a whole other discussion for, you know, for a podcast. And that is with, with the, with the current, do you get the sense that the current generation, you know, you know, the, the Gen Ys, that they, they don't have a car culture as rich and enthusiastic as what you and I grew up with. Oh, absolutely. You know, I yeah, I, I mean, I mean, millennials—they just, you, you know, I mean, the closest thing that they had was what the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, really, and it, and the thing is that big. That was such a niche, right? It was it was clearly this is a small subset of of social interactions. And if you choose to be part of this group, this is what it might be like, and, you know, um, exaggerated for dramatic effect. But if you're not, then you're like everyone else. And there's, and there's a kind of, you know, there's that sense of the other, but you know, um, yeah. these, but I mean, like you, and I, you know, you know, what, you know, what, generation, you know, Gen X, we grew up with, oh my gosh, we had Knight Rider. You had Dukes of Hazard, You yeah. had the A team with that van. You, uh, you know, uh, you had Magnum PI, you had Miami Vice, all with these really cool cars. You know, yeah, yeah. We one of the all-time biggest fanboy cars, and that was a Lamborghini Countach. And I think the model, the Tesla, might just be that spark sort of pun intended yeah yeah right it 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 might um i have 
I have to wonder though, I mean, like, obviously posters on your bedroom wall have been replaced by phone wallpaper, but, um, and tablet wallpaper, but I, I have to wonder what are they, what are they putting on there on that wallpaper now? Cause it's not, it's, it's not going to be a model S most of the time, unless it's, you know, some, some sort of murdered out, you know, kind of thing that's been heavily customized, but is it, is it, is it McLaren? Is it, is it Koenigsegg? Is it, there doesn't seem to be one sort of, I mean, well, okay. I guess the closest you're going to come is the Bugatti. That's the closest thing to a Countach. Yeah. 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 I mean. And the trouble is the Veyron and the Chiron look almost the same. They do. They do. I, I, I think, I think the only car that really kind of stands out sort of um, is maybe the new, maybe, you know, I, I can't really say the new because it's about to be replaced by something, but the, the Aventador, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's certainly in terms of uh, presence, yeah. you know, and the way the car looks that you, when yeah. you see an Aventador, you know, it's an Aventador. But that's the other thing is that, you know, are you going to have now with, with the ability to do, you know, programming and so forth, um, you know, with, uh, with Tesla, I mean, cause you know, you, you, you can now download a track package to, you know, to the model three, you know, and then you have, you know, uh, Porsche is going to be coming out with, you know, their, um, what, what are they calling it? It was the mission E. Yeah. Now it's called the Taycan T-A-Y-C-A-N. Taycan. What, yeah. what is it with Porsche and these names? So real, real yeah. quick, a uh, longtime Porsche enthusiast, Magnus Walker, who may be known to some of you, uh, his line the other day was, um, Porsche couldn't come up with a good, Porsche was looking for a lot of names, but uh, all the good ones were taken. Yeah. But anyways, but I feel, you know, Porsche is going to be able to, you know, to do something similar. But, you know, do you think that now with electric cars becoming much more popular and stuff that you may have the... Uh, you know, the, the, the whole, uh, you know, tech geek culture may cross over into, you know, doing some, uh, you know, doing some programming and reprogramming of, uh, of their cars to kind of hack more performance out of their cars. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, okay. Here, here's a quick example. I don't remember the name of the shop, so forgive me, but, um, I, I, I watch a lot of the, uh, the smoke and tire videos, especially the one takes and, there was a video. It was done a couple of years ago, um, and it was it was a guy who brought in this uh, 2014, so previous body style Civic. And what they had done was they had taken it and they had essentially modified the engine as far as it could go. They got to something something crazy like 350 wheel horsepower, all motor, no turbos, no superchargers, nothing. Just just by modifying the internals of the engine and, and messing with it. And that's and it wasn't long after that that when two years later when the 16 Civic came out and it had a turbo option, this shop quickly realized that the market for an all motor design, all engine, you know, all engine mod wasn't going to work anymore. And they immediately started figuring out how to use software to change how the turbo behaved. And now they yeah. now they're looking at 500 wheel horsepower um, with uh, with similar modifications to whatever they were. Well, you have, um, you know, you have with uh, with the with the Type R, 
you know, before with a, uh, you know, with, with, with a turbocharged four cylinder, uh, you know, way back in the day, if you wanted to get, say, 50 more horsepower, you'd have to go in, you'd have to replace the turbo, or at least rebuild it with a, with a higher, you know, with a larger, uh, you know, with, with a larger um, uh, impeller. You know, to, yeah. to kind of, you know, you know, to compress more air and stuff like that, you'd have to add an intercooler, you'd have to do some exhaust work, you'd have to do a whole bunch of stuff. And now with Honda, uh, Honda has a package where you can just plug it in, and it gives you 50 more horsepower. Yeah, you don't even uh, even change the option. Yeah, so you know, so even you know, it, you know, and and I know we're talking about electric cars and stuff. But but I think you you know the, the potential for this kind of car culture, you know, around electric cars, um, you know, it's it's definitely potential and and I think would be kind of cool, um, you know, is you know, but but I think we're we're a few years away from that. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you bring up a really good point. Sorry to talk over you for a second, but um, which is that the guys who were, let's just use the old cliche, the guys who were rebuilding carburetors. 40 50 years ago that same working with your hands skill set is now the guys who are in grade school junior high school now learning how to code that'll be designing software for these cars when they get out of school and that's going to be the same kind of kind of skill set essentially that's the new version of that yeah whether yeah yeah well and i know that i've you know as far as like driving characteristics and so forth my 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 oldest daughter who's 14 you know i've been kind of teaching her how to drive and stuff you know in like parking lots and we have we have my clarity ev and then we have my wife's odyssey and she prefers the electric car feel over you know than the gasoline engine Hmm. Uh, you know because it's not it's 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 a it's a completely different feeling altogether so, but yeah, oh, yeah, bright spot on the future, possibly. Um, yeah. Definitely, there's a lot uh, going on. Always exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening to us uh, ramble on and so forth. Uh, if you have any questions or anything like that, uh, we can be reached at uh, mzcarguys at gmail.com. Um, and, uh, you know, we'd love your, uh, your feedback uh, about everything. Uh, Matt, do you have anything else? Uh, no, just a quick reminder. Uh, MZ Car Guys on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Absolutely. Guys, appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, vroom, vroom. See you next time.